Good morning, everybody. We wanted to share that with you because next Sunday we will have that opportunity. As a church, we have told you many times before, we support six campuses, six campus house ministries on six different campuses in the state of Indiana. And IUPUI is one of them. And we've had Andrew and that group here. Last year, our uh, auction supported them. And again, as he said in the video, they are trying to purchase this house and this property that's been made available by a Christian gentleman uh, down there. It sits right off of MLK. It's in a prime area. I've been there and visited. Uh, It's close to the campus that they can walk, ride their bikes, and so on and so forth. And next week, we're going to have a dollar offering. And that's what we are doing and partnering with many other churches that support IUPUI Christian campus house. And so next Sunday, if you bring your dollar, we're going to put them all in an offering, and then the church leadership has said whatever goes into that offering, we as a church will match that, and then we're going to send it to them. They're about 28 to 30 percent, one year in, a three-year program to be able to purchase this property for decades, hopefully, prayerfully, to have an impact on young people for the sake and the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ. I cannot think of anything better than to invest our finances and our time and talent in than to see young people at the college level come to know Jesus or have a place to go and be able to talk freely outside of the culture of the world about Jesus. And so that's happening next Sunday. And if you feel, we ask that you pray this week. If you feel so led to do it, bring your dollar. We'll throw them together in a special offering plate at each of the exits and then the church will add that up, and then we'll, we will match that and send it on to uh, Andrew and bless their ministry. Now, after we've been talking about this for quite a while, if you all watch a little bit of the news, and I do just a little bit, and as I was walking through the room, I heard IUPUI come up on the television on Friday. Well, after 54 years, which I didn't realize it had been that long, 54 years, IUPUI will split and become two separate universities in downtown Indianapolis. And it was all at the making of all the leaderships of both universities. They felt it was at a crossroads and a time to happen. So my first text tomorrow morning is to Andrew to go, what are you going to call it? Can't be IUPUI, Christian Campus House anymore. What are you going to call it? And interesting to see what their take is. I'm sure where they are or where they will be will still be a vital place to see the gospel grow in downtown. So we ask you to pray about it and be a part of that exciting ministry. We're already a supporter of them and uh, we just we believe in them as well as all the other campuses that we support. This morning I want to share with you probably in a little different way. Interesting the worship team puts together their portion of the service Those that do the communion meditation do their portion, call to worship, they do their portion, and then I kind of just slide in without knowing all those other pieces. But I rest with the peace that surpasses all understanding because I know that the master author of every worship service is at work within each one of us to make this morning be what he wants it to be. I look at that as kind of a vision of what it was for the Scripture to be brought together. 
There were many men that were writing the Scriptures at different times, different places, and different things going on in their lives and in life of the world around them. And yet, there was a master author, a master writer that was at work in their lives to bring together their writings so that we could have what we have today in the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, God's Word. And I believe he's still at work doing that. And I can see it this morning because as the songs were sung about wounds, about broken chains, about amazing grace, as I listened to the song that Don sang about the message of love written in red, it, it was just God's orchestration of where we are right now. And I think sometimes we just think it's just by happenstance. There is nothing happenstance. I truly believe that. Nothing. It's all orchestrated somewhere, somehow, and Almighty God is at work. Not just in the church. He's at work in each one of your individual lives. Not just on Sunday morning for a couple hours, but all during the week. And this morning I share with you in a teaching time with two stories surrounded by Scripture. And may God bless this time together. When I first met him, I expected to find the man in a chrome helmet with loaded weapons all around him and double bars on the door. Here's a man whose home has been firebombed, whose bedroom for the children is built like a bunker. It's fireproof. So his children can survive as he stands actively for Christ. He is now ministering a great deal in the hospitals to those dying of AIDS, but standing firm for the truth that the only hope beyond this life is a, fa- is a life is a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He told a wonderful story of how he was sitting reading the newspaper one day, and there was a council meeting being held the next day in San Francisco, and he thought he'd go to the city council and hear this particular issue. It was a social rights issue, as you can imagine. He thought, I can't just sit here and let that ordinance pass. He didn't take anyone with him, He didn't take any placards. He didn't march against them like many of them march against him. It's not uncommon for his services in his church to be interrupted by those of alternate lifestyles. He just went to the city council meeting. He sat there and heard the legislation being proposed. The council was about to take a vote The chairman said, is there anyone who has anything to say? No one moved. Then he stood up and said, I would like to say something. He walked to the platform, stated his name, that he was a citizen residing in the Sunset District of San Francisco. What would you like to say? The chairman replied. This man said, Well, I would like to say nothing for myself, but I would like to quote three individuals that I've respected for years. 
And he read to them in that city council meeting from Moses in Leviticus, from one of the Psalms by David, and from Paul in the book of Romans. He didn't preach. He didn't scream. He didn't sermonize. Just closed it. They said, wait, before you sit down, who are those people, Moses and David and Paul? And someone said, you're reading from the Bible, aren't you? Yes, he said, I am. And one of the council members then said, I vote no. And another, and another, and another. The legislation didn't pass. He sat down. That is straight thinking and courage. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, we'll be reading verses 1 through 5, begins with this truth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God, and the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is the Word of God. Amen. There's many of them in everybody's hands out there and in the pews and beyond. Electronic or paper or whatever. But this is the Word of God. It always has been, is now, and always will be. Unchangeable. In fact, we're warned in the Scriptures that if we add anything to it or subtract anything from it, we will pay. It is not a book that needs to be updated. It is a book that lives for all times. In fact, if you would, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Going on, it says in 13, And there is no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. For the Word of God is living. 
and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirits of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This man went to share the Word of God. He needed no other words. He did not need to march and to protest and to scream or yell or disrupt. All he did in this time, at this moment, as he responded to the call of God, was go and share the truth. The absolute truth of the Word of God. And the Word of God spoke for itself. Amen? Do we believe it can do that today? Do we use the Word of God as this man did at this point in time? Do we speak it from our heart, knowing and having confidence, even with fear, knowing and having confidence because of what the Word of God says, that it, it will pierce hearts. It will move mountains. It will change. It will bring glory and honor to God. You see, we speak the Word of God here this morning very comfortably. But listen to what the Word of God says. It's even more important that we take the Word of God from this place and speak it freely and openly in the world and in our lives away from this place. Because as John chapter 1, verse 1 says, the Word was with God and the Word was God. If you want the world to know God, then you need to speak the Word to the world. And we mustn't shy back. The more we practice it and allow God to use us to speak it, the more comfortable it will be. But who cares about being comfortable? In fact, we need to rattle some cages. But in this story, we see that simply speaking the Word of God, the Word of God moved and things changed. Maybe only for the moment. Maybe the tide changed. I don't know the rest of the story later on and years after. But when we're talking about getting back to where we need to be, or at least being where we are today, to be able to move forward from this moment and not just survive but thrive we must feast on and then allow the word of god to ooze through our lives i struggle with memorizing you know i did all through school boy i tried repeat 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 write it over and over and over and over now i know some of you got really good at one or two sentences i will not talk in class any longer see i even memorized it i can't believe i probably talked in class i just can't being introverted as i am but i 
I'm going to tell you, folks, I truly believe this as I, as I read the Word of God, that we're going to need to have ingested the Word of God such that it's in our hearts and minds as never before because there will come a time when we are not free to carry the Word of God. There'll become a time when Scripture will not be free to be posted and to be shared. And therefore, the only place it can come from is from the hearts of those who have ingested the Word of God and then allow it to flow freely from us. We are not waiting for end times. We are in end times now. Some say, but Mark, wait, it's not the dragon with the 12 heads and the 14 eyes and the wings and all that stuff that it says in Revelation. I'm telling you, that's, those are great, beautiful words that God gave John to write down. But I truly don't believe that's exactly the way it's going to look. He was t- trying to tell us how bad it's going to be. And it's right now what it's going to be and get worse. And so we need to understand that instead of saying, that's yet to come. We're in the midst of the final chapters of life. And that which is going on around us is not happenstance. There's a plot and a plan, and that plot and a plan doesn't involve just a few people. In fact, it's way beyond a few people. The plot and the plan to bring destruction and to take as many people away from the Lord Jesus Christ is from Satan himself. We can talk about all the things of what's going on today, but we need to get down to the nitty-gritty, to the very bottom line. And it's always been, is now, and always will be about a battle between Satan and evil and God. Now, how it's all filtered down, we can, we can watch it all and, and see things and, and, and think we got a handle on it. But that's the problem with us. We never get back to the core issue. The core issue today is sin. The core issue today is a rebellion against God. The core issue today is a rebellion against the truth. We don't want to hear the truth or we want to doctor the truth up just to be so that we can be okay with it and it can fit nicely into our lives and we can go on living the way we want to live. And that's not just outside the church. It's in the church and has infected us as well. But we see, as we've read this morning, the Word of God is living and active. If we want to be living and active in the world today to have a change for the glory of God, then we must do it through the Word of God. In 1989, an 8.2 earthquake almost flattened Armenia killing over 30,000 people in less than four minutes. In the midst of utter destruction and chaos, a father left his wife securely at home and rushed to the school where his son was supposed to be only to discover that the building was flat as a pancake. After the traumatic initial shock, he remembered the promise he had made to his son. No matter what, I'll always be there for you. And tears began to fill his eyes as he looked at the pile of debris that once was the school. It looked hopeless. But he kept remembering his commitment to his son. He began to concentrate on where he walked his son to class at school each morning. 
Remembering his son's classroom would be in the back right corner of the building. He rushed there and started digging through the rubble. As he was digging, other forlorn parents arrived, clutching their hearts, saying, My son, my daughter, other well-meaning parents tried to pull him off of what was left of the school, saying, It's too late. They're dead. You can't help. Go home. Come on, face reality. There's nothing you can do. You're just going to make things worse. To each parent, he responded with one line. Are you going to help me now? And then he proceeded to dig for his son, one stone at a time. The fire chief showed up and tried to pull him off the school's debris, saying, fires are breaking out, explosions are happening everywhere, you're in danger, we'll take care of it, go home. To which the loving, caring Armenian father asked, are you going to help me now? The police came and said, you're angry, distraught, and it's over, you're endangering others, go home, we'll handle it. To which he replied, Are you going to help me now? No one helped. Courageously he proceeded alone because he needed to know for himself, Is my boy alive or is he dead? He dug for eight hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours. And then in the 38th hour, he pulled back a boulder and heard his son's voice. He screamed his son's name, Armad. He heard back, Dad, it's me, Dad. I told the other kids not to worry. I told them you were alive. You'd save me, and when you saved me, they'd be saved. You promised. No matter what, you said, I'll always be there for you. You did it, Dad. What's going on in there? How is it? The father asked. There there are 14 of us left out of 33, Dad. We're scared, hungry, thirsty, and thankful you're here. When the building had collapsed, it made a wedge like a triangle. And it saved us. Come on out, boy. No, Dad. Let the other kids out first. Because I know you'll get me. No matter what, I knew you'd be there for me. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 5, and don't get stuck on the first few, line, first few words. Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 5, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. 
so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Just as this earthly father told his son, I'll always be there. So too, you and I have the promise in the midst of chaos and craziness from God the Creator through Jesus the Son. He says, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we, we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? This morning we have sung of wounds. We have sung of heartache. We have sung of chains. And we have also sung of that which takes over there and overrides all of that, the amazing grace of God. I'm not sure about you, but I fail miserably before God. And confession and repentance is way too much a part of my life that I'm embarrassed to even talk about it. Because I know God is God. And I know His Son Jesus that we commemorate around this table gave His life for my sins, past, present, and future, so that I could be reconciled in a relationship with the Father forever, for eternity. And yet, as human as I am, and as much as I fail, I am so grateful, and my prayers hinge on and hang on this Scripture that says, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that I can confidently say, no matter where I'm coming from, or how bad I think I am, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Just as in the voice of that small child, I can imagine what he was telling those other classmates that survived. As they're sitting in the midst of rubble and death itself, he's encouraging those kids my dad said he'll always be there for me. And I believe in my dad. He'll be here. And his dad was there for him. Even in the midst of everyone else telling him to stop, there was no hope. This dad made a commitment to his son and he lived out that commitment. I stand before you today to tell you that Almighty God made a commitment to you and me and to those who call upon the name of Jesus. He says in the Word, which is with God and is God, he says, I'll never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. That means ever, folks, no matter how bad we are, no matter how far we've run from Him, He is there for us and awaits with open arms to receive us back. And the world needs to hear that because many today think they have gone way too far. If they've heard the name of God anyway, other than being a cuss word. The world needs to hear the hope of the living Word of God, the Scriptures the Bible. We need to be that. We can't just ingest it. We have to let it ooze out of us. And then we have to live it in our lives like this father did for his son. And he did it even as he was saying that, not happenstance-wise, but that son believed his dad. He had faith in his dad. He knew his dad would show up. 
Today, we're all about talk and no go or no show. The church is great about screaming from the top of our lungs about the truth of God, and then we don't show up when we need to in love, loving God, loving others, and letting the other circumstances fall where they are, not lowering the bar bar of absolute truth, but not letting the bar of absolute truth stop us and separate ourselves so that we don't do what Jesus did best, and that's meet folks one-on-one and in love. If you'll turn with me as we close to Matthew chapter 28. Most have this verse memorized. Jesus' last words to the disciples before His transfiguration as He taught them and gave them instruction. He says in verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And what? And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. There is no situation, no life circumstance that is beyond the grasp of Almighty God. There is no one that is too far away that God would not graciously scoop up in His arms and love back to life. Do we model that? Or do we just make a show for ourselves so that we feel good? We must believe the Word of God. We must ingest it. We must learn it. We must study it. But most importantly, we must learn it and live it. And we need to be like that man in that room of that council seat willing to to forget about my opinions and just read the truth and let God's Word do what it does best. And we need to be about that father that says, I'm not going to give up because I made a commitment to my son. I'm going to show up until I know for sure that he's gone. God's promised to do that for us. Now we as a church, as the body of Christ, must promise to do that for a world that doesn't have a clue. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, Abba, Father, that you love us so much. That you tell us that you'll never desert us. That you'll never leave us. That you'll never forsake us. That you'll be there till the end of the age. That is what we hang our lives on. That is the foundation we can live from. No matter what. No matter what time. No matter what circumstances. No matter what's going on around us. We think it's crazy today, Lord. It's going to get worse. And I'm not a doomsday person, but I just want to say the truth. And the truth is there is only hope in Jesus Christ. The only joy that is beyond comprehension will come from you. The only firm foundation that we have to walk on is a foundation found in you, your love, and your word. Give us courage, Father, to rise up out of the ashes and to walk firmly on Your Word, 
and to allow you to do your work through us, even when the world denies you, and even when the world crucifies you. We ask that you would guide and guard and direct the ministry of your body at East Union Christian Church and all the churches beyond that are Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, and Bible-preaching, that we would rise up out of our safety zones and move forward with might and power, with the Word of God leading us and with the full armor of God on us as we go from this place to impact people's lives for your glory and honor and for their opportunity of salvation. May we always speak the absolute truth. And may you receive all the glory and the honor and the praise. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.